If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. That's what we're going to be meditating on tonight in preparation for our communion. Jesus' death on the cross did so much more than just give us our salvation, to give us forgiveness of sins, to reconcile us to God. It also gave us a brand new identity. If you put your faith in Christ, you are a new creation. This is just not a symbolic or a judicial or a positional new creation. We are, in fact, radically transformed in Christ. It's as if God has created a subspecies of human beings. Our old self, the unregenerate man, in us is dead, crucified with Christ, and now our life is Christ's life within us. In his excellent book, Birthright, David Needham illustrated this concept with two trees. We have a crab apple tree. This represents, you guessed it, our old life and, and our flesh before we put our faith in Christ. And a crab apple tree, though, it looks pretty nice, only produces crab apples. And if you've ever tried one of these, they're sour. Yeah, it'll churn your stomach. It's not, it's not good for eating and has no nutritional value. This is us and our old self. Now, this other tree represents Christ's life. Though these two trees look the same, they're actually very different. This is a golden delicious, and it produces golden delicious apples, which are very yummy and nutritious. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ live in me. When we put our faith in Christ, this is what happened to our old nature. It's the old nature. Come on. It was crucified with Christ. We are dead to that portion of our life. And in return, Christ gives us his life. And Aaron, if you'd help me out here, Christ grafts the golden delicious tree into our old crabapple tree. This is to help us remember what's taking place. Now, if you know anything about horticulture or grafting of trees, you will know that from now on, this tree is a golden delicious tree. If you were to purchase this tree at a nursery, it would have a tag on there that said golden delicious. It would no longer be a crab apple tree. It would not even be a crab apple plus a golden delicious tree. It is, in fact, a golden delicious tree. And if we nurture it right and then we take care of it, it'll produce golden delicious apples. Symbolically, the fruit of righteousness, the fruit of the Spirit. So this is what you are. Now, some of you are probably sitting here thinking, well, you know, I don't really feel like a golden delicious tree. In fact, if we're honest with ourselves, there's times where we often feel like the old crab apple tree, right? So what's going on there? That is because even though we are inwardly a golden delicious tree, the outer self, our flesh, the old man, still remains. You see, the, por the portion below the graft here is still a crab apple tree. And if we're not diligent in pruning off these little crab apple sprouts, those can grow up and it can make our life look no different than other crab apple trees. But that does not negate the fact that we are golden delicious trees. In fact, when we do 
choose to sin and we do choose their old way of life, our old self, it just shows that we are living beneath the dignity of our new identity in Christ. And I think that's a wonderful way to look at sin. When we choose to sin, and I say choose because as a new creation, we now have the Holy Spirit's power to say no to self, to say no to sin, and yes to Christ's better plan. When we choose to sin, we live beneath that dignity of who we are in Christ. If we were to overlay this tree analogy with Romans 6, 6 and 7, we could paraphrase it this way. We know that our old self, the crab apple, was crucified, severed above the trunk with him, so that the body of sin, the part below the graph that can still produce crab apples, if given the chance, might be rendered powerless. We might no longer be enslaved to sin, produce crab apples. For whoever has died, that severing event is freed from sin, no longer obligated to produce crab apples. So, you must also consider yourselves dead to sin, the kind of tree you once were, crab apple, and alive to God, the tree you now actually are, golden delicious, in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin, the crab apple sprouts, exercise dominion in your mortal bodies below the graft. But present yourselves, you, the entire tree, to God as those who have been brought from death, the crab apple, to life, golden delicious life. And present your members to God as instruments of righteousness. So there's a warfare going on between our flesh, the, in, the outer man, and our inner self, the regenerate golden delicious tree. And we must remember our true identities in Christ if we are to be victorious, not only over our flesh, but over the world system. Because the world wants to make us all into crabapple trees. And we'll also have the, our enemy, the devil, as well. Let me give you one more illustration. Consider Sam. Sam is a high school student at Prescott High School. Sam, 90% of the time, thinks about two things. Food and girls. And not necessarily in that order. One day, Sam is standing next to his locker, and the track coach comes up to him and says, Sam, I've noticed a, a kind of a bounce in your step. He goes, Sam, whether you know or not, you are a sprinter. Now, Sam's a little skeptical, but because he's intrigued by the coach's interest in him, he decides that he'll check it out, and he, he goes to track practice that night. And then every night for the next two or three weeks, Sam's at track practice, developing a relationship with his coach. Sam begins to check out books, biographies about famous runners. He starts to watch YouTube clips of, of big races. And before you know it, Sam's getting faster and faster. His legs are getting stronger. And he's starting to see himself as a sprinter. Before long, Sam is one of the top sprinters in his district. And it's time for the state meet. Now imagine Sam at the starting blocks, ready to run in the final 100-meter dash of the state meet. When out of the stands, Susie comes down. Now, Susie is the best-looking girl at Prescott High School. And in her hand, she's carrying, fresh out of the oven, a hot, delicious apple pie. And with it, two scoops of vanilla ice cream. And she comes up, and she bats those pretty eyelashes at Sam, and she coos to him. She goes, Sam, I'd really like to spend some time with you. Why don't you come and, and, and have this apple pie with me? What's Sam going to do? We know in his old self, the old Sam, he'd been there, right? Food and girls can't get any better. But Sam has a new identity. 
And so he turns and he says to Susie, he goes, sorry, Susie, I'm a sprinter and I have a race to run and there's nothing more important to me right now than crossing that finish line first. So off he runs. Now imagine Sam started cutting practices and avoiding the track coach, eating food that wasn't very good for his body, smoking cigarettes behind the school after lunch. It might be a whole different scenario when Susie comes down. He might abandon the race. Or, and, and pay attention to this, or he might do this. He might say, gosh, Susie, I'd really like to. I really want to, but gosh, I can't. I got to run this race. So out of duty, he runs the sprint, but really deep down, he wants that. He's just doing it out of duty, not out of his passion. That story obviously correlates to our Christian life. When we, are, when we are spending time with our coach, with Jesus, and we are studying his word, and we are attending track practice, and we are, we are working on our spiritual life, we have a passion for wanting to be who we are. We remember who our true identity is. Hendricks, the theologian, wrote it this way. He said, the spiritual life is the life of Christ reproduced in the believer by the power of the Holy Spirit in obedience response to the Word of God. The life of Christ reproduced in the believer by the power of the Holy Spirit. See, it's the Holy Spirit in us that allows us to change. By ourselves, there's no way we can produce this. Okay, we just can't do it. But through the Holy Spirit within us, we can produce this and a lot of this. Without the Holy Spirit, we cannot. But equally is true, without us, the Holy Spirit will not. So it's the power of the Holy Spirit, but it requires obedient, an obedient response to what God is revealing to us in our lives. I'm going to wrap up by giving you a quote from C.S. Lewis. This is at the end of Mere Christianity, that classic Christian book. Your real new self, which is Christ's, and also yours and yours just because it is his, will not come as long as you are looking for it. It will come when you are looking for him. Give up yourself, and you will find your real self. Lose your life, and you will save it. Keep back nothing. Nothing that you have not given away will ever be really yours. Nothing in you that has not died will ever be raised from the dead. Look for yourself, and you will find in the long run only hatred, loneliness, despair, rage, ruin, and decay. But look for Christ, and you will find him. And with him, everything else thrown in. Heavenly Father, thank you for all that you've done through us, all, all you've done for us through the cross. Thank you that we are new creations, that we have a new identity in Jesus. Father, forgive us for our spiritual amnesia, for forgetting our true identity and allowing the world to shape us instead of allowing you to shape us. Father, help us to go out tonight and live the rest of this week in the power of your spirit. Amen.